spooky, very spooky. What's that? It's a ghost. The hell are we listening to? <laughs> spooky things doing spooky dance. Spooky things doing spooky dance. Are those the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> spooky, spooky, very spooky. Oh no, it's a black cat. Spooky, spooky, very spooky. What's that? It's a spider. Spooky, spooky, very spooky. It's a jack-o'-lantern. Spooky, spooky. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in my head all fucking night now. <laughs> You're welcome. Like, for like, every time I'm going to try to go sleep tonight, it's just going to be... Spooky, spooky, <laughs> it's a jack-o'-lantern. Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's not fair, I didn't sign up for your world yet. <laughs> What's the most adult thing you get to do now that you consider like a real treat? Like this? <laughs> like this, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's usually like, you know, other stuff until about 9.30, 10 o'clock. And then that's when you know get to sit down and relax and watch a little tv do you stay up late just to have some extra alone time yes yeah oh yeah you get up early as hell for work yeah yeah and we usually don't go to sleep till well she's been going to sleep like at two i've been going to bed jesus christ at 2 30 12 yeah but yeah what time do you guys get up uh she's usually up around seven thirty, seven, eight, maybe so um, she's rocking like five hours of sleep a night yeah, that's I, I get up at five thirty. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, it sounds no, it sounds it sounds great. I'm sure it's very re- rewarding. Yeah, if you had one superpower, what would it be? This is before we even started the show. I was gonna start start it off with. So Dan, what's your uh, what's your <laughs> diversion topic today? To start? <laughs> if I could have one superpower, mm-hmm. um. I was talking to Sal about this like last week. Um, that's the nerdiest thing I've admitted to today. <laughs> uh, probably, probably f- either like Professor X, like controlling people's minds, or flying. Hmm. I think I would pick uh, being able to stop time. I thought about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to propose this to you. Mm-hmm. Every time you stop time, do you keep? aging though because you can stop time but you're still normal no i don't care about that okay but i'm saying like you stop time enough times right. it's gonna catch up and now you're like a year you're older than everyone else is around you well, i'm not gonna stop time for like hours oh my so. god i would do i would stop time for so long and then just well if you do, do some, that, like really elaborate pranks i think if you had that power you would still age but not as quickly like okay you probably age maybe a quarter of the speed that you would of everybody else or in normal time why would you pick stopping time so i i realized this driving over um if if you ever go on oak tree road yeah um it's like another country there yeah and so fascinating like i just want to stop and walk around and see what they're doing because there's all these neon lights everybody walks all over the place and it's so foreign it's it's interesting it's like little india yeah it's like big little india i mean you can you can just go walk there without stopping time. Well, I can't. Like we were just talking about, I I'm tied up until about nine thirty, ten o'clock. Like when you leave here, just stop there and walk around. Mm. 
But there's so many other things I'd rather do. Like, oh, you know what power I would have now that I think about it? Hmm. Teleportation. I would never commute anywhere again. Oh, that would be great. That'd be amazing. Just show up wherever I wanted to, disappear immediately from wherever I didn't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. On Home. the other side, drinking their drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sal picked invisibility. Well, he's, he really argued hard for invisibility. I forget what he actually picked. But then I postured this to him. Invisibility is either the superpower of a perv or a thief. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'll There's gonna, no other reason to have it. He's definitely the creepy angle. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can argue being a spy, and, but no, nah, no one's really doing that. You're, you're, you're either perving out and staring at people getting undressed or having sex, <laughs> or you're stealing shit. <laughs> Would you really use it for good? Like, what are you going to no. do? Spy on somebody and be like, hey, look what I just, guess what I just saw. No. I wouldn't up. use any superpower for good. None? What would I? I mean, if I saw someone in trouble, I guess I'd just help them. I wouldn't intentionally get the power to be good. It would just be to make my life easier. Right. It'd be good for you. Oh, well, yeah. It'd be good for me. So it's a power for good. That's how I view it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that I don't want to be at some family member's house. I'm just like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, disappear here for an hour, come back, and be like, oh, my God. Whatever we just ate really upset my stomach. <laughs> they were so long. See, or you could just stop time and be like, all right, I'm going to plop on their couch and catch up on my uh, TV shows. Can you watch TV? Because time has stopped. Time has stopped, but, oh, geez, that's a good point. You really, it, you're like limited to like reading books. So like even the internet doesn't work. Nothing works. Stop, time has stopped. Fuck. You can pick up a book and read it. Oh, I don't want to do that. No. That sounds awful. On on the other hand you're probably just gonna end up being pervy with that too yeah <laughs> you're just gonna take people's clothes off just might as well be invisible might as well be invisible okay at least then you can disappear either way I'm, I'm picking invisible okay yep. picking invi so you're going the pervy thief yeah that's fine I respect it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely welcome to the authority <laughs> um Ah, oh, shit. I'm so fucking tired. Sorry. I Dude, I'm in the same boat. I was really hoping you were going to carry the weight on this one. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dan, I'll come over. It'll be great. I think... Because he worked all day and then went home to two kids. I'm obviously the one that's <laughs> really tired here. So what are we talking about today, Dan? What so, are we the authority on this week? Uh, we are the authority on, you know, playing music and uh, bringing that, that local band element to more of a regional level and, like, actually gaining some traction and being like you know pretty famous and what it what it means right yeah so basically being a band that's kind of on the rise yeah for sure we just got off the phone yeah very proud of this guy uh one of my friends from uh from a while back we call him books um i guess maybe we should ask him like are we okay with calling him chris chris bookstaver right yeah bookstaver we call him books yeah you just kept calling him books so i want to make sure i got his full name right yeah he's in a band called siobhan and the fuzz Yep, and uh, they're they're pretty interesting take on uh, some good uh, American rock and roll with you know some pop elements to it, um, but you know definitely some good uh, lots of vocals uh, infused with uh, some good uh, some good rock and roll. Um, but it was a really great conversation. We were we we're talking about just music, the life of being in a band, going off on tangents just about you know our favorite rock bands and things like that it's just a great music conversation yeah definitely a lot of fun um so highly suggest you check out you know all their music and stuff like that after the podcast but check out the conversation we had with books um but let me let me try to give him a call and uh see how this thing works i've never really used it before this way 
You call it, what is that? You call it through your tablet? Yep. What kind of tablet is that? It's a, it's a Nexus. Did you get the new uh, iPhone? No, not yet. Are you going to get it? I mean, I have a 5, so I don't really need the 6. Soon I get it. It's ringing. <gasps> the masculine ring you have there, buddy. <laughs> you can't really choose the ring. I mean, can you? Can't you? We could probably edit this out, right? No. <laughs> no. Hello? How you doing, man? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Welcome to the authority. Thank you very much. Um, I didn't really debrief you on uh, how this thing works, but we just kind of go into it. Um, we just, you know, start a conversation and, uh, you know, it, I, I said that we do this recorded as opposed to doing it live, but really there's hardly any editing and all this stuff will probably make the final cut and it's going to be really interesting for all of our listeners. <laughs> Always a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're catching me after a really long day and a full bottle of wine. Only good to come of that, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You finished off the whole bottle, huh? Oh, I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long day, so, I mean, I'm good. Very cool, man. How you doing, Bill? Good, man. How you been? I'm all right. So, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, to to jump on the episode with us. We wanted to talk about, you know, what what it's like to be in a band that's... uh, gaining some traction uh up and coming and uh you know just what that whole experience has been like because um you know just to give a little backstory we go back a number of years been in bands you've been in a ton of bands um but none Mm -hmm. at least in my opinion have uh you know gained as much attention as you guys are getting right now so i just kind of wanted to get a feel of what that's like and what your experience has been extremely exciting i mean like you said the years of being uh, you know, being in, in the New Jersey music scene and slugging it out and playing in the clubs and doing this, it's, it's really nice to, uh, to to get on a different level. Like, not I don't want to say a national level, but to get on a level where recognition stems beyond the local music scene. It's, it's, it's a really awesome feeling. And hopefully moving forward, I mean, it just it goes onward and upward. I mean, we're actually getting ready to go back into the studio come winter and we've got a whole crop of new songs that you know we, we can't wait to put down and make a 13 or 14 track uh, album and it's it's a lot it's a different departure um, from what we did do with the last EP which is nice I mean that's what we want to do I mean realize that we're a rock and roll band after all so why not play rock and roll music um, and then just to give our uh, question, yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. Sorry. sorry go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I have to finish. No, no, you know. I was going to say, just to give our listeners uh, a saying. little background, um, the band's name is Siobhan and the Fuzz. You guys put out your first EP about a year ago. Yeah. Yep. Yes. A year ago, last September, actually. It's, yep. been, it's been a year and literally a year and a week. That's great. So, so I mean, the. That. No, no, no. Finish what you're saying. I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, like the uh, the support that we've had for the album so far has been fantastic, you know. But I think people that you know they come out to see us now live, like last uh, not last night, uh, two nights ago we played at Mexicali in Teaneck, and 
you know, like someone was someone got our album that night and they listened to it before we actually went on the stage. They went out to the car and listened to it. Came back in and they were like, well, you only played two songs off of this, but everything else rocks. You know, like what you're playing tonight isn't what was on the EP. And, you know, we have to probably say, we know, you know we've been writing a whole bunch of new stuff and we're, we're really excited to put that out there, actually. So you guys put out that first album uh ep fire at will when you did a you did a kickstarter to raise money for that right we did and we we raised uh over 10 grand for that when you guys first i mean started I doing that were you nervous about hitting that goal like that's like for a not very well-known band like hoping to get 10k to produce an ep is it's a lofty goal and it's like amazing you guys accomplished it that's fantastic but were you like when you first like hey we're gonna do this were you a little worried, like, hey, what if we don't? Was there a backup plan? Yeah, I mean, we struggled Absolutely. to get $50 for this podcast, so I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> ten grand. <laughs> and that's $50 between the two of us. <laughs> I would have chipped in some money. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, start the Kickstarter. <laughs> Forget it. Okay, for podcast, I mean... Dude, people start Kickstarters for bicycle seats, so I, I can only imagine like something as worthy as a Kickstarter for a podcast or a, a band's album. You know? Did you guys? I'm not shitting you. Like I saw something for a bicycle seat on Kickstarter, and I, I just I have to know why the guy needs to raise like three hundred thousand dollars for that. <laughs> Did either one of you see the South, uh, South Park this week? It was actually about Kickstarter. No, the whole thing was. Was it really? Yeah, Cartman and was basically leading the other kids they were starting a kickstarter and their whole company philosophy is we want you to pay us so we don't have to do anything <laughs> like the goals of the company oh, were we no. will sit around and do nothing and then it turned up being this whole thing the message of it was basically kickstarter is a company that does nothing yet gets five percent of what what all these people donate <laughs> it's just uh, brilliant know, kickstarter is a, is a i mean the guys at south park is a one of the things that, that allow them to be so successful is, is the urgency that they can like actually make an episode with the political standpoint that they do and they make fun of everything I can grant that I love South Park I've been watching it a couple years but um, just the the quickness that they can whip together an episode and just make fun of something on some platform I, I, don't get me wrong I mean Kickstarter is great for what it does Oh, totally. I mean, a lot of a lot of people support that, and you can throw out any idea you want on that, and as long as you've got you've got fans of that idea, I mean, you're good, you're golden. Did you guys Look have us? A- we're just we're a band from New Jersey that raised over ten grand for an album. Did you, you guys know? have a backup plan Nobody if it didn't knew. work? No, <laughs> <laughs> we honestly didn't. Um, we set the goal. Well, all right. To be fair, came all of the voice. Uh, she said, "Okay, and, you know." And before she went off on the voice, I should back up. Before she went off on the voice, uh, we were in a cover band together, and we did a couple of shows with the cover band. And then she got she got picked to go on the show. And this is and your singer, Siobhan. From the show, uh, when we came back, when she came back from the show. She basically looked at the band and said, okay, we're not going to write covers or we're not going to play cover songs anymore. I have this whole brain's worth of music that I actually, original music that I, I want to put out there. 
and that's how it all started. And she she had a plan to to set up a Kickstarter campaign to make. Originally, it was her album, and it turned into over the to writing these songs and, and finalizing these songs. It turned into a band thing, and we said, well, why not just be a band instead of just being Siobhan and her backing band? And that's how it kind of all came about. And she could have easily um, gone and no, done the solo thing because she was just coming off season three of The Voice and she could have easily just been, hey, this is my exactly. thing, you guys can play, but it's about me. I mean, it's cool that she wanted to do the band thing instead and actually make it a collaborative thing. It's absolutely, absolutely awesome that she she went that direction with it and it kind of evolved that way. And for her to turn around one day while just kind of sitting around, you know, probably drinking whiskey and, and playing music, you know, she looked at us and said, we're a band. You know, like, we're, we're going to be a band. We're going to be this band that makes this album. We're not going to be me and just a bunch of hired guns because she went most of her life doing that. And she was kind of tired of it. So that's, that's how it all came about. But to answer your question, no, we did not have a backup for if they get started and made it. So it was either we get this 10 grand or we're fucked. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, the, you know, I'm sure you guys know the way Kickstarter works is if you don't make the goal that, that's put into play, you give all that money back. Yeah, you like, don't keep a dime unless you hit your backers, goal. Yeah. Not even a little bit, yep. That's so got to be back. heartbreaking for the people that get so close to hitting their goal. Like, they're like 100 or $200 off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it just the yeah, thing oh ends God, and they're, yeah. it's it. Yeah. Gone. Well, I, I remember... Yeah. Um, Thinking back to one of the the older episodes of Downright Brew that we did, and we were talking to one guy uh, about their Kickstarter campaign, and um, we listed off five or six ridiculous Kickstarter campaigns that actually got funded, like uh, Christina Bell's stupid movie that she was putting out, or something retarded like that. There's some like vagina monster game that was out there that got yeah, successfully funded. That blew my mind. There was a game based on a almost like a Japanese vagina monster and it got its funding. Oh, yeah. God, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> I've got it on pre-order. <laughs> Still waiting for my early edition. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, so you, oh, so wow. she comes off the voice. Yeah. You guys start a band, start playing. How long bef- as before you started recording songs for the EP? Oh, God, okay. So he got back... Um, I want to say she got back around the spring of maybe 2000 and what was that, 2012 maybe. And, um, you know, we just started going to work and, you know, we worked, we worked our asses off for a while, you know, it was just relentless practice sessions and everything like that. We did pre-production for the album, um, January of last year. I want to say it's been... And you know, we actually we got lucky with the pre-production of the whole album because our, our old drummer and our keyboard player were going to school at William Patterson University um, for sound engineering. So their professor basically said to them, well, okay, you can, you can use the, the recording facility here on campus and you know just record whatever. So we did the pre-production for the album. We actually had a good 13 songs for the album that we learned through and I mean, the, you know, the mixes were, were very rough, but we wanted to basically bring a product to recording studios and say, here, this is what we're looking to do. You help us, can you work with us? And so on and so forth. And um, were they responsive? You know, the pre production process was very, yeah, actually. We, we scattered out a couple of studios and we ended up landing with barbershop studios up in uh, Lake Hapakon, 
was that just a result and of them like um, the, digging the music and being like kind of willing to support you guys? Very much so, yeah. Danny, do you remember a couple of years ago when we when we did the when we had our, our production company and we did the Battle of the Bands? Oh yeah. If you had a you production company, the band Absolution. Uh, was that the PA that? band? That was the band that won. Yeah, yeah, the band from Pennsylvania, I believe, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I found out that well, I found out through the 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 framed and uh, record on the wall that they recorded one of their albums at this place. Oh, no kidding! As did Breaking. No kidding. I saw it and I went, "Oh shit, I know those guys." <laughs> um, Zach Wild done stuff there. Breaking Benjamin did the Phobia album there. So I mean, and it's a great recording studio. Oh, you know, sweet. like it, it's built inside of an old church and attached to a bar. Where can you go wrong? That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Sounds pretty amazing. That's one place I'd want to go and turn invisible. <laughs> so, uh, so that, the acoustics alone were just fantastic. But yeah, inside an old church, that's got to sound amazing. Oh my God, their live room was in uh, where the main part of the church would have been with the altar and everything like that. So. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, the back wall of the main live room has the stained glass window and everything there. Like, right where the altar would go. That's really beautiful, cool. Beautiful, beautiful studio. And then you can just go take a break and get some alcohol next door. Oh, the bar really liked us. so we were there. <laughs> I actually, I think one I tried to calculate our bar tab, and I won't, I won't say it on your podcast, but it was... Uh, it was a lot of money. So. <laughs> that's the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's where the Kickstarter money went. <laughs> the studio was cheap as hell. It was the alcohol tab we really had to fund. Uh, the studio, get it. But it goes back, it goes back to the, the, the old saying, you get what you pay for. And Barbershop wasn't only phenomenal to work with, but we, got, we really feel like we got a, a product out of them that was just phenomenal and absolutely worth the time and the money it took to make. So, um, I would actually recommend that place to, to anybody looking to record anything, it, whether it's one song, whether it's a whole album, anything at all. I mean, they have a grand piano in that main live room and it's just fantastic. Um, it's not amazing. Maybe we could so, do the podcast yeah. from there. Yeah, because, you know, I want to leave my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris you mentioned before Man, you and we Dan did, we did a podcast a couple years ago did you? yeah what was your podcast about? oh nonsense <laughs> oh so we're just ripping you off <laughs> yeah. no not even a little bit so you mentioned uh, before that you and Dan used to be in a band and you guys used to be in like metal bands together but Siobhan and the Fuzz is more oh. like a kind of like straight rock way more melodic poppier sound yeah. Was that a yeah? Was that a hard transition to kind of play almost not completely different music, but go in a different direction? Uh, less than you'd think. I mean, when you get right down to the bare bones of it, metal music is is very time signature oriented. It's very rhythmic, and uh, you know the stuff that we've been writing lately. It's it's very along those lines. It's, it's in the same vein as, as just straight, you know, dramatic rock and roll music. So, Danny and I, oh man, do we met, where did we meet up when I, I brought to you my crazy idea for this band that I wanted to create? I was I was like Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. He walked around for two years with this idea of a band. 
called Def Leppard, and he used to draw the posters and shit like that. And Danny and I met at, like, a Jose Tejas or uh, some kind of Tex-Mex <laughs> restaurant. And I said to him, I got this idea for a band, and I want you to be the bass player. You know? And he's like, all right, I'm in. Just I have an idea in. Like, <laughs> yep. It's it not hard to convince Danny, Danny of stuff. Uh, no, no, he's just he's a down to earth cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> he really is. Um, but yeah, I mean, the stuff we were playing with with the old and was was a lot heavier than what I'm doing with Shimon the Fuzz now, and it wasn't really a hard transition. I mean, I've always been a rhythm player. You know, I just like to play music. You know, and Siobhan, uh, when she when she first came to me the idea for Ugly Boy, for instance. Okay, Ugly Boy is, Ugly Boy is one of the tracks on our EP. Um, and she plays it. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, this is like some doo-wop shit right here. And I don't know how I'm going to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It worked out nicely, you know. Nice. Well, that kind of leads to uh, the question: what, What's uh, what's the writing process like? Is it all like um, does Siobhan come up with like these great ideas and uh, just brings them to you guys, and you fill in the gaps, or is it more of a collaborative thing where like you're all sitting around, or you come up with an idea and and give it to the rest of the guys, or what's that like? For the EP itself, when we when we actually did the song, um, she seriously came to us with maybe six out of seven songs and that was actually the first song that we wrote collaboratively as a band and the other one she said I've got this idea I've had this song with these lyrics and this melody and here's the way I envisioned this sounding and here's the way I envisioned the guitar sounding and we kind of stemmed off of that all of the new stuff that we've been writing all of the new stuff that will be on the next album all was collaborative it was all I would bring riff to the table or Ian our, our other guitar player our lead guitar player would turn the riff to the table or Nick the keyboard player or Siobhan anybody even even Cree as far as bringing I've got this this rhythm in my hand and this vocal in my hand and we make something out of it and it's it's a very easy working environment just somebody brings something and it just spawns it just spreads like wildfire and it turns into a song a couple hours later as simply as a week ago, we had rehearsal, and our drummer Matt actually makes there, but our keyboard player Nick also plays drums. So every now and then, when Matt's not there, he'll jump jump behind the kit and play. And um, Nick said, "I've got this idea for a riff, and it goes like this." And he played it on the keys, and then Ian and I transcribed that to guitar, and our Doug, our bass player, did thing on the bass, and. An hour and a half later, we had a complete song. And it was pretty awesome. And Siobhan will hear it, and Cree will hear it, and they'll jump in with, they have just notebooks worth of lyrics written down. And they'll just jump in and add their own thing, and we try everything out. That's one thing we like to say with this band, to at least try it. Like, no idea is brought to the table, and someone says, no, that's no good. We try everything out first, and that's kind of how our writing process has been for the past, you know, year, year and a half or so. I remember from my really. I remember from my limited time in bands that there's nothing really like the feeling of mm-hmm. having an idea, working it out with the other people in the band in the room, and then at the end when you actually feel like you have a finished song or even close to a finished song, you just sit back and like, holy shit, that's amazing. Absolutely, 
and that's that's how that's why I love working with the musicians that I, I do and I, I'm very thankful for that is because that's how we feel at the end of rehearsal like we'll just look around at each other and go holy it what just happened for the past hour and a half like did we just make a new song out of thin air yeah we did yeah you just get into a zone where you're all just kind of firing on all cylinders and you end up like someone does one thing that'll trigger your next idea and that'll trigger the next idea where to go in the song after that and then it Mm -hmm. all just kind of comes full circle yeah and it's funny because uh, we all kind of think the same way like we all we all listen to different but same genres of music it's all rock oriented you know but this one this one over here is listening stoner rock and this one over here like he's on a metal kick so for us to all come together at the same time and have been playing around with a different riff or a different rhythm or a different melody and someone starts a riff and someone else raises their hand and goes I've got something in my head that works with that and that's the way it should be I feel like that's the way writing music always should be it's a shame that you get shit like just popping out every now and then it's just it upsets me yeah it's but, basically a yeah. factory system where they're just cranking out the same pop song with different words yeah you, you look at the liner notes yeah. and the songwriters are nowhere near anybody who's in the band like they just no, present- it's the same yeah. songwriters that are on Katy Perry's no. album and a thousand other Din- Disney girl albums yeah every single one of them don't knock you Disney, know what though. there was a meme that was floating around <laughs> well not Disney no uh there was a meme floating around a little while ago and it said like you know Nicki Minaj there were 15 writers on her song and and Justin Bieber, there were 14 writers on his song. And then there was Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, and Freddie Mercury did all of it. And I thought that was awesome, actually. I, I was listening to Queen a lot yesterday. I posted something on Facebook. I, I put up their 25-minute set from the Live Aid concert in 85. Every time I watch that, it just it blows my mind. I think you know? there's something just about rock music where it's just, especially like for debut albums, where it's just four or five people in a room they're they're what they're the ones responsible for what ends up on the album it's not you know mm-hmm. they're not plucked from obscurity to sing songs someone else written it's just a bunch of people got together wanted to play music put down every idea every drop of blood sweat and tears into the album and create something that you've never heard before and i don't think you get that with a lot of other types of music you really don't and that's sad. Like I, I really wish that that artists, uh, that musicians, worked that way as just one giant functioning unit all the time. But it doesn't happen like that anymore. There's some. There's always going to be some dope out there that knows how to. And I've used this program in the past, but I'll, I'll reference it. The Garage Band. There's somebody. There's going to be somebody like Skrillex that just knows how to program things on a computer. And people go and see him, quote unquote, in concert, and it doesn't push a play button. That's not cool, man. Like, I want to see emotion. I want to see somebody hitting a wrong note on a fucking guitar. I want to see somebody singing a little bit flat a lot. Yeah. Oh, I, I love when they hit wrong notes on albums. People are actually doing it. Yeah. That that's one of the things I that did uh, three of them the other night. I know I did. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that uh, Dave Grohl said was so magical about Nirvana, or like the one of the producers who produced Nevermind. Like it was such a raw sound, and like it wasn't perfect, and that's what made it so awesome, and and made it perfect was that there exactly. were these imperfections. There's a Goldfinger um, yeah. EP. It's just it's all cover songs. I mean, they didn't, yeah, but it's only like I think five or six songs. 
but it's they went to a studio in one day laid down songs back to back to back i don't think they even really did more than one or two takes of just the entire band playing together and that's Perfect. what the ep is they just got together they picked a bunch of songs they liked brought in a horn section just said everyone we're just going to play the song hit record album done it's pretty awesome i love that and, and there's there's a band that i'm into right now i'm the same little plug if any of the band members are listening but there's a band i listen to out of california named rival son and if you have not checked out this rock and roll band yet i urge you to and so much so that i actually bought myself and, and my girlfriend tickets uh they're playing at the pony down in asbury on uh i'm sorry october 10th like two fridays from now mm. i have waited five years to see this band play live i can't wait for it i'm bringing them up because i recently read an interview with uh, scott holiday the guitar player and in it he said we play rock and roll music that's true but when we record we don't record with a click and we play the drums the bass and the guitar is all recorded live and they've got out about six albums now just out with the recent ones this past summer and it, it blew my mind when it came out they record their stuff live they do it in about 15 20 days max they add vocals they add the harmonies they add the organ in there but they record it all live no click full feeling rock and roll music and i just i love them to death and i can't wait to see them live you know that's awesome that's the way it should be oh absolutely you know that's that's absolutely the way it should be my favorite album of all time is uh weezer's pinkerton album and people hear uh, weezer great and, album yeah and people hear weezer at the bat and they think of like their last couple albums they don't give that any kind of respect but if you listen to their first album like rick okazic from the cars produced it it's it's not overproduced like some of their later stuff it's a straight rock album but right. then on pinkerton they didn't use okay's i think rivers cuomo just produced it himself mm. that album is just straight mm. rock like garage rock absolutely that just sounds like four dudes absolutely. in a garage hitting record on live mics and it's just raw it's the best writing he ever did in his entire career it's a th it's 10 or 11 songs it's 35 minutes total mm. and it's the yep. best rock album and i've heard in my life that that was that was the follow-up to the blue album if i'm not mistaken and people yeah. really frowned on the pinkerton album oh it bombed when it came I didn't, out i loved every single second of that album just because it was so raw and so not processed and just very like you said very rock and roll and that's the way it should be yeah and then it bombed and yeah. rivers freaked out and then that's why they like didn't record yeah. anything for like three or four years and then everything they came out like that was just them trying to rehash the blue album right did he yeah. go like to college or he something like that? He did go to college, I think, for a little while. Yeah. He went to what was it, Harvard, right? They're making Harvard? A, I think so, but they're making a TV show out of this now. Hmm. Like someone like licenses story. They're making really. Yeah, they're making a sitcom about a a rock star who leaves at the peak of his career to go back to college, based yeah. on his life. Uh, Pass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that was my reaction too. Things will never change, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't know. So um, things will never change. Books. Let me ask you. I think it was um, a few months ago in June, in late June, you guys had the opportunity to make it out to Milwaukee or Milwaukee, as a mm. uh, <laughs> the natives call it. Just <laughs> for. The Great Land. <laughs> Does this guy know how to party or what? Was, <laughs> We're not worthy. I was, I was in. 
<laughs> I was in the city, and I didn't ask one native if that's really what it meant. <laughs> I felt like such an asshole. <laughs> so I'm walking around, I'm walking around, going nearly walk. Hey, oh, the year <laughs> after that movie like came out fucking... must have been miserable for uh, every local. <laughs> oh God, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, so this um, you were there for a pretty big festival. Um, like, can you describe? We were. Is that almost like a? Were you in a stadium or like what is that atmosphere like? And, and just the whole thing because it's not. Let's be honest, it's not dingbats, right? Uh, you guys went, you know, no. three quarters of the way across the country to play in this huge, huge, big fucking show uh, in a, a ginormous place. Walk us through it. Please. You cut out a little bit, but I knew what you were saying about it. Yeah. Summer, no, all right. Summerfest, I did not know this. When we first got offered Summerfest, it was through a friend of a friend of a booking agent, and it was a great opportunity. And I knew nothing about the festival. Let me tell you, I read about it, and if you don't know about it, Summerfest is apparently the largest music festival in the country year after year. It's 11 days long. The grounds that it's on is like just a four giant big parking lots. If you knock down the stadium, okay, so picture four giant stadium parking lots with random stages placed and then vendors and buildings and eateries and all kinds of goodies. It's amazing. And the way it's spaced out is you have national act, uh, I'm sorry, national act on a stage, not even 50 yards away from another stage for the national act. And the way they've positioned all the stages, sound doesn't interfere. So you're walking in between them and you hear one band over here. When you get far enough away, you hear the next band. It, they got it down to a science. On top of all of that, there's a fucking amphitheater on the ground I'm not kidding. Amphitheater that's larger than like PNC Bank and Art Center. So this place is Milwaukee's cash cow. And it's a damn good thing too because nobody, nobody ever wants to go there in the winter because they all stuck. <laughs> so. In their defense, I don't think anyone wants to go there in spring or summer either. <laughs> I think, you know what? We made a lot of really, really awesome friends in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin in general, even in Illinois. And they're all extremely nice people. If anyone's out there listening, Siobhan and the Fuzz loves you as much as you like us. Uh, I live there in the winter, period, hands down. Like, I was in there in the middle of summer, and the nights were cold enough for me. And I said, I can't even imagine six feet of snow on the ground. Fuck this. I'm going back to New Jersey. I'll deal with my two feet of snow. (laughs) So, you know, like... Um, but Summerfest treated us well. I mean, to put it to put it perspectively, we opened on the U.S. Cellular stage. The U.S. Cellular stage was one of the National Act stages. Now they do have a couple of little stages throughout the fairgrounds, but there I think are, if I remember right, six or seven like National Act stages. Like there's the Harley Davidson stage, there's the U.S. Cellular stage, and all these other ones like Arctic. The day we played Arctic Monkeys opened on the stage, neon trees and small pools. 
uh, Bruno Mars was the headliner at the amphitheater that night. I mean, they really went all out for this festival. It's it's crazy. And they do this for 11 straight days. The day after we played, the headliner at the amphitheater was Lady Gaga. And as you know, well, you might not know, but Siobhan used to sing backup for her. Yeah, I saw that. She was playing the festival. Yeah. So the day that she was playing the festival, we went and we hung out, and then Siobhan and uh, Nick, our keyboard player, actually went to go and and buy tickets. Well, maybe they didn't buy tickets, I don't know, but they went and saw Lady Gaga's performance. Uh, the rest of the band, we all went to a Brewers game and just got loaded. <laughs> that was fun, too. <laughs> that sounds actually pretty fun. <laughs> it was. And you know what's fun about Milwaukee is the food that they have all the tickets are not like at Yankee Stadium. Like I think we paid twenty five bucks each, and that was on the third baseline. Wow! So, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I guess the Brewers aren't that popular a team, but the <laughs> food at the stadium, like we were, we were eating like brisket sandwiches and stuff, like not hot dogs. Mm. So it's just a completely different culture out there. It's, it's really strange, but really awesome. I could go for a brisket sandwich right now. Jesus. I have a sandwich right here because I, I was just missing Milwaukee. I mean, I don't know. So, so this was obviously the biggest crowd you've ever played to. It was, yeah. What was that like? Like just it was having all these people in there just watching. Like it's got to be like a dream come true. It was. It absolutely was. I mean, that morning I remember waking up like a kid on on Christmas morning, and for somebody that's been in the in the music seen the local music scene for so long and, and playing on, you know, club stages and maybe even a little bit bigger club stages. To be on a stage with a national act like Neon Trees, it, it was it was as close to a dream come true as I've come yet. I mean, here's this huge, massive stage and the sound is just pushing out of these huge speakers. It was really, really awesome, man. We're playing for hundreds of people and they just there's this one guy okay I'm gonna interrupt myself there's this one guy you can look him up on YouTube on you just google him he's the dancing guy at Summerfest okay he's there every randomly walk around now to be honest and personally I'm standing up on stage I'm playing my guitar I'm in the middle of a song and there's this dude out in the crowd right in the front row like he, he's standing in front of all the bleachers in a tie-dye shirt and like I'm pretty sure they were man, oh wow just dancing his ass off we got a, we're like watching a YouTube video of him right now mind. there you go okay good so that's the dancing guy at Summerfest I think his name's Chris something or other correct me if I'm wrong um, but he goes there every year and he just randomly walks through the festival because Summerfest is very, very inexpensive to get into unless you're going into the amphitheater. The amphitheater they sell tickets for. We went there on our Thursday off on tour and we paid like 10, 11 bucks for the day and we're seeing all these national actors. Fantastic. Like they've, they've really done it well. Um, it does have some sweet moves. It's not about the profit. What's that? I, he does have some sweet moves and uh, quite the attire. He does have some sweet moves. He dances like he a friend, Matt. Caught, we, <laughs> yeah. Um, he did, we did two sets at Summerfest. We started at 12.30 in the morning and we played for 45 minutes. Wow. Right. Come back and play for another 45 minutes. 
the second set is when our dancing friends showed up and I look out and I'm just playing my guitar and I'm like yeah man fuck yeah and there he is just dancing his ass off doesn't give a shit about anything and that I thought he was high and then I actually excuse me I found out who he was after the fact because I saw him dancing for another man as a Google so I looked him up and he just loves music he's just a genuine lover of music and he's he's a, a fan of Siobhan and the Fuzz now and we thank him for that that's awesome so if we go back to Summerfest he'll be there dancing his ass off again it's like that saying dance like no one's fun. watching that's exactly how this guy <laughs> exactly. dances exactly yeah no, exactly yep. so you were saying before how you've been yeah. you know you've been doing this a while what's it like to you know you've been in a bunch of different bands whether they're cover bands originals but you're in a band now that's actually got momentum there you feel like there's a, you're going somewhere now like what's what's this the change in your mentality from that um, to be honest there really isn't any i mean ever since i i started playing in front of people i've been uh, danny danny backing up on this i've always been the type of person that said I'm going to play my ass off on stage if I'm playing for five people or 5,000 people or 500,000 people. I really don't care. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep putting what I put into a live performance. And I don't... It's not that I don't care who's watching. is is that it doesn't matter how many people are watching. Right. Um, so my mentality, my mentality for escalating with a music career is, is the same as it always will be. You know, whether I'm playing on a national stage or in a dive bar, I'm, I'm still going to put it on the best performance I can to people that came to see us play because, to be honest, at the end of the day, those people that come to see us play could be doing a million other things. And I'm thankful that people come and see our show. So we give them a show. So that's a great attitude because so I know there's a lot of people same. that just they feel like you can tell when they're up there they feel like they deserve to be up there and they're like that's right cheer for me because yep i deserve every accolade you're throwing at me it's nice when it's like you actually appreciate right. people taking the time and to that's not to us that's, that's not siobhan and the fuzz we're very humble and very thankful for every single person that comes out we played on a wednesday night uh, two nights ago we played at mexicali live which is a great venue they always treat us supreme like the the sound there is fantastic. The the bartenders and the staff are absolutely absolutely amazing. And we we played last. We played with a bunch of our friends. We played from forty to eleven um, eleven thirty five on Wednesday, on a Wednesday night <laughs> on a beautiful Wednesday night. Like it wasn't raining or snowing or or you know anything like that. And people still came out and people still hung around and the other bands hung around. One of the bands we played with, uh, Zombie, is from New York, like city, New York City, and they actually stuck around and they loved every kind of our set. They played like I think third the other night, and they they loved it. But that's what it's about. It's it's about people wanting to be out and be entertained, and we like to give them a good show. And you know, we'll play at. Seven o'clock tonight. We'll play it in the morning. It depends on where we are on the bill, but you're going to get the same show from us. Now, one thing I've always wanted to ask a band that has a female um, singer in it: Do you ever mm-hmm. worry about 
like the Gwen Stefani or like Haley Williams effect where the singer kind of outshines the band and becomes almost becomes like a bigger star than the whole. Have you like do you ever even think about that? Or is it just still like so early? Not even. Not even a little bit, no. Because I would like love to ask to, no to doubt. Me, like ten like a year before they got big. Like how they viewed the band and then a mm-hmm. year after they got big. Like, because there was right, a huge right. difference in how people viewed and that I, band when they started, and then like a year into it, when Gwen Stefani was like a superstar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh it, yeah. I mean, even if you ask the members of No Doubt, I still have something to say about it. I mean, she was there. She was dating the bass player for a long time, and then they broke up, and they wrote like half an album over that breakup. Like, yeah, I know, can't even imagine what that's like. It's got to be awkward. I couldn't either. But Gwen Gwen Stefani got to a point where. Uh, I don't want to say she was big to send the band. I don't think in her mind she ever um, set out to say, I'm bigger than the, than, the, than the friends that I have here and the, and the people that are in my band that made me famous. I think it was more the media pull for her to be oh, totally. the star of that. And, and that's where that came from. To answer your question, would, would Siobhan, I absolutely do not get that at all. Um, she, she's like a sister to me and her and our male singer, Chris are engaged. They're getting married next September. It's going to be an awesome wedding. Like I can't wait for that. That's going to be a party. I bet you guys uh, got a good we, deal we, on a wedding band, huh? But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> actually, you know what? No, they are. No, they are going to hire a wedding band. They're actually got out a lot of really, really awesome wedding bands right now. I'm sure that people are going to urge us to get up there and play. And naturally, I mean, if we're all there, we'll play a couple of songs. We'd never mind. Um, <laughs> but no, to answer your question, well, we like to play. I mean, you know, just, <laughs> just bust out the instruments and watch us go. Just wind us up and, you know, we're good. Dude, I still can't um, be in a room with a guitar without wanting to pick it up. And even if, even if I'm like at someone's, I'm at a party at someone's house and there's just like a guitar in the corner. <laughs> There's half the time I'm like, all right, yep. I'd rather go in the other room and just play this for like half an hour and then come back to the party. <laughs> Again, there if you, you have go. the ability to freeze time, you can I get do that. that way too. It's like you get the itch and you start like scratching your neck and you're staring at the guitar and yeah. you, know, you want to make sure. I just, that's my line is if I see a guitar in a room in a corner of someone's house, I'll just go, let me just make sure it's in tune for you. And see, that's a nice little segue. <laughs> it's like, now I, I'm going to pick it up. And while I'm tuning it, I'm just going to play with it for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the back of your mind, it's like, you think anyone here knows how to sing and would suggest us playing a song together? Because that would be pretty great. <laughs> Why, well, I, I do happen to know time. that particular song you're very good at singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how that works every time. Nice. Um, to answer your question, though, no, Siobhan is absolutely not that personality. And... It's, it's equality in our band more than anything else and that's one of the reasons why we're, we're able to do what we do and agree on the things that we agree on and yeah, I mean granted you know, there are the little little tiny disagreements every now and then but when I tell you that they are few of between I'm not joking like, well, you- we really all have the same mentality about what we do yeah, it doesn't matter what like if you all have the same opinion. If you're with a group of people for a certain amount of time, you're always going to disagree about something. Whether it's a band, a family, just a group oh, of yeah. friends, there's always going to be little arguments, of course. 
Yeah, it's just how you work through it is is what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like after this, me and Dan are probably going to get in an argument about something and we'll both quit. And then a week later, we'll do another podcast. I will not put my pants on. It wasn't my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Something I said made you two bicker. It's no fun. No, it's something Dan said, and he knows what he said. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming up on about an hour here, man. Um, That went by really goddamn fast. Yeah. It did. Yeah, it did. But in here, some. I mean, I'll blame the bottle of wine. I mean, that's just, you know, the way I get. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> get, get that red wine into me. I just start losing time. <laughs> that's it. I just, I just, I'm chatty Cathy over here. Yeah. So, uh, so plug away, man. Where can the, where can people find your music? Where can they follow you on social media? All that good stuff. Where can they see you live? We're on all the good stuff, actually. We're, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I believe is the same thing. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. I don't know if anyone updates Tumblr, but I guess it's worth checking out. Uh, what else are we on? I mean, the album, the last EP, the, the Fire at Will, is on iTunes, Rhapsody, Spotify. You can listen to it for free. We're on YouTube now. Actually, if you YouTube us, there's a there's a couple of old acoustic numbers that we did for uh, for the car. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of, I completely forgot about this, but it just bear with me. It'll tie into relevance. But like that YouTube thing, you just reminded me. You guys did a cover of um, of uh, what do you call it? An Imagine Dragons song. Oh yeah, I saw that. I watched that today. Actually, yeah, radioactive. And it was the only thing Mm -hmm. to cleanse my like because back during the Stanley Cup playoffs last year, I think it was the Colorado Avalanche did a promo with that song and they featured some of the players in some really provocative poses and <laughs> your video is the oh. only thing to rid my mind of seeing like uh gave <laughs> landiscog reaching like leaning over a sink with sweat pouring down his face like thank you for doing that because uh, i had nightmares oh. <laughs> nightmares or oh, wet dreams you're welcome whatever i think <laughs> can you see my boner now <laughs> just talking about it yes put your pants on <laughs> yeah but no the youtube channel is definitely something that a lot of people should check out because like yeah it's great listening to you guys but like seeing everything like seeing you guys live i've yet to get out there to a live performance but just seeing the the yeah. few acoustic tracks you guys do have on uh, on YouTube is uh, quite phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend checking that out. Oh, I watched um, the acu- your acoustic you. performance of your song "Glow" like three times today while I was working. Oh, really? Yeah, well, it thank you. sounded fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I always feel like that's the true test um, of uh, musicianship too. Like when you take people out of the studio and see what they could do live, like. Uh, to what you were saying earlier about, um, uh, you know, that one band from California was Rival Sun, how they record, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, drums, bass, and, and guitar, like, in a live room. Like, you could really gauge how well or how well put together a band and their, their songwriting is if, like, you see it live. So, awesome work there. Absolutely. I, I, I urge you guys, if you're not busy on October 10th, I urge you to buy tickets. They're they're relatively inexpensive. They're playing at the Stone Pony, which is a, a New Jersey landmark, and they are one of the up and coming kick ass rock and roll bands of our generation. I just mark my words. I found these guys by accident. I plug them every chance I get. I talked to the drummer 
um, not regularly, but often enough. I mean, they're some of the nicest guys that I've ever actually come in contact with. And, you know, I reached out to, to Mikey, the drummer, um, maybe about a month and a half ago, not even maybe like, maybe like a month ago. And I told him that, uh, that I was excited that he was actually playing, you know, I guess quote unquote, my, my stomping grounds in New Jersey. And I told him my girl and I would be there and, you know, right on, man, you know, and then we got to talk about anarchy and he watches Game of Thrones and everything. So all the stuff that I'm into, you know, but, um, you made a friend. <laughs> they're great, great rock band. What's that? So you made a friend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're cool people. And you know what? You know what's awesome to me as a musician is meeting any kind of musician, whether they're, whether they're famous, not famous, on the rise, doesn't matter to me. Just meeting somebody in this and and that means more to me than, than a lot. I mean, it's just, it's an awesome feeling, like reaching out to somebody like, for example, before, um, long before Summerfest and before we were on the same stage as Neon Trees, I randomly reached out to, to Tyler Glenn, the, the singer, a couple of years ago. And he answered an email I sent to him. And we just continued to talk back and forth for the two years leading up to inevitably Summerfest where we actually opened for them. And I got to meet him and he's a really awesome guy. I mean, just having those, those kind of run-ins with people that are, um, I guess, put on, on a pedestal or in the, not, not on a pedestal, but they're larger in the, in the eyes of the media than, you know, than you and I. And knowing that they're as genuine as you are, that's an awesome feeling. And that gives me hope for, you know, all of the people out there. Like, just, just let's start and go to their head, you know? It's also cool, like, when, with that. musicians. Like, you can, <laughs> it's just, it's guaranteed, like, anyone that's in this business loves music. So it's an automatic starting point for any conversation. You can just start talking about music. And from there, yeah, you're automatically absolutely. in. Like, is. Well, I, with, the, with the drummer from Rival Sun. Uh, the way I reached out to him initially was I was uh, I was a late bloomer with Sons of Anarchy so you know about a year or two ago I actually started season one and I'm, I'm going through it and halfway through the series one of their songs just popped up in an episode and I was like that's that's fucking great like here's a band that I've been listening to for the past couple of years that as far as I know isn't getting any getting any kind of recognition as far as placement goes or as far as radio play goes but here they are in in this popular television show and that's so i wrote my email and i said i'm sure you already know that i, I sounded like such a fucking fanboy when i did it too. <laughs> i was like i was like i'm sure you already know this but I, i'm catching up on sons of anarchy and one of your songs and i named the song it's a song called jordan um, I said that Jordan is in, you know, season whatever it was, season four, episode 10, you know, and he answered back. It was like, yeah, I know there. It's also in like season six, episode one. And he put a little like winky face and he's like, you know, Scott and I are the guitar player. He's like, we love that show. You know, we watch it all the time. And I congratulated him on the placement. And, you know, and it's fun to talk to the guy. And it was nice to actually connect with a musician that I admire on a personal level like that you know i don't think i don't think i could do that i don't think i could just reach out and email someone that 
I'm oh, a fan yeah. of just I mean, because I, I'm oh because I'm such a, a social wreck. If I did that and they answered back, I'd be like, oh my god, what, what do I say? Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, how do you know I didn't get like that? I mean, of course I did. You want? I'm like, oh my god, he that. <laughs> I just wanted to get you to admit it. <laughs> you wanted you wanted me to, you want me to admit it? Is that what you said? Yeah, I don't I don't want to feel like the only one. <laughs> oh no, you're not. So me, you're not. Do you guys have any uh, upcoming shows? Uh, we actually, I was I was speaking to uh, a friend's band today. Believe it or not. Well, when we played at uh, Max Valley two weeks ago, I had I, there's this band that I'm friends with and that I know named Nettie Rose, and they're right out of Montclair, so they're right here by us. Female fronted four piece rock and roll band. Danny, you remember Chris Badami, the the drummer, and he owns Portrait Studios. Portrait Studios, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Badami is the drummer for Nettie Rose, and check him out. And um, and you know they recorded the, their their four track EP there and everything. So I found them by accident. And the promoter of the show the other night goes, "I need one more band. Does anybody know anyone?" And I said, "Well, actually, I know this band that might work well." And they came and they just they rocked the the freaking place. Oh, she, uh, Annette, the singer, reached out to me today. She said, "Hey, we you know we had a great time with you guys the other night. That was awesome." Um, I'm putting together a show in October at a place called Tracks in Booten, and we flip flop between the dates, and I think we settled on Friday, October 17th, and that's the next show that we have uh, scheduled early today. So Friday, October 17th at Tracks. It's spelled T-R-A-X-X. I don't know why they put two X's, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> in Booten, New Jersey. I've never been there. I, I looked at I looked at some of the pictures from the place. It looks like a cool venue. Um, yeah, they have a nice beer list, which is what I like. Mm, so beer. that's the next scheduled show we have. Other than that, we did three in October. We had August off, and then July we did a couple, and then June we were out on tour. Um, we're we've been using the the time that we have not been playing shows to write new music. And that will eventually go on the album. So after this show, unfortunately, we don't have anything live planned because we're planning on doing pre-production and then eventually doing the album. Nothing. But we're always, you know, we're always popping up with shows. Just you know, I mean, if you want to see us live, best suggestion is to just keep an eye on the the calendar dates on our Facebook page. You know, I'm on there every other day updating it anyway. So very cool. That's what I would suggest. Awesome. And I promise you that if you come see us play, you will not be disappointed. We will um, we'll melt your face, and we run around like a bunch of uh, puppy dogs let loose, you know, with a bunch of treats on the ground. Like we're, I've been told, um, I'm very humble about it. I've been told we're very, very fun to watch live, and the chemistry between Chris and Siobhan is electric. Yeah, so, seriously. Anyone listening, go check it. out their YouTube page. You just get a sense of what they sound like acoustic. And imagine how awesome that'll sound plugged in. Thank you. Hopefully we get uh, we get some live stuff up there soon. I mean, I know the past couple of shows we've played, I've seen people out in the in the crowd with um, you know with camera phones and, and everything like that. Isn't that something? Like when when people went and saw Pink Floyd in the seventies and even Led Zeppelin in the sixties, like they didn't have camera phones. So it's like <laughs> that image of 
you and know, a camera and a phone. Of Jimmy Page, yeah, right. No, that that image of Jimmy Page playing a, a guitar solo with a violin bow is burned into somebody's head yeah. instead of you know a computer screen. And no matter how they describe right. it, they'll never really convey how it looked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even now when you get like you know, I, I saw a couple of videos from the Coheed uh, Coheed played at the Wellmont last night. I didn't get a chance to go. My brother went, but I, I saw it on Facebook this morning. I saw a bunch of people that posted videos of it, and the sound was so massive that all you hear on the sound recording is just a. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh yeah, no, those videos never sound good, but you get an idea of what they look like. <laughs> no, no, no. So hopefully, you know, somebody that's been filming us has um, these recorded them all like live. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I'd love to know what I look like on stage when I play. I feel like I'm making the dumbest faces on earth. You know? like, <laughs> oh, dude, there's there know. isn't a guitar player out there or any musician that doesn't at least make a few stupid faces during a live show. Nope. Nothing to be ashamed of. Wear like a badge of honor. <laughs> Very yeah, cool, man. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thanks yeah, so much, Books. Really man. awesome faces. Oh yeah, it oh, looks no like problem, I'm. Man. Thanks I'm for having me. Looks like I'm mostly crap in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that or you someone just not me. plugged a finger right up your ass and won't light. <laughs> well, that means I'm smiling? <laughs> yeah, you just have a big ear-to-ear grin. <laughs> Very cool. Well, again, uh, SiobhanInTheFuzz.com. On Twitter, it's at listen to Siobhan. Instagram is uh, SiobhanInTheFuzz, and yep. those on Tumblr, the same address. And that's C-H-E-V-O-N-N-E. Yeah. Books, thank you again so much for uh, taking the time to do this. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Of course. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks. All right. All right, dude. You got it. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. Is that manly, that hang-up noise? It's manlier than the ringtone. Yeah. I have no control over that. That's what it sounds like when it dials. It's fine. I'm not judging you for it. You kind of are judging me. I was judging you. Right now, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, so definitely check them out. Um, check them out on YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook. You can print anywhere where you can check out a band. Speaking of checking out, uh, where can they find our stuff, Bill? The Authority Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Authority Pod. Uh-oh, he's calling me back. He's calling you back? Yeah. He's calling you back. Hello? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Thanks. We're, uh, we're just wrapping up right now. <laughs> Let me call you right back, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. like you say that was fun <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna call him right back all right uh you can find us on twitter at authority pod authority pod yep and you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the authority podcast yes with the in front <laughs> See, we're not yes sure. pretty yes. sure that's it it yeah. is no i'm looking at it right now at our twitter page yeah so definitely check out old episodes there we got a lot of fun topics yep including but not limited to trolling um uh, exposing yourself with jeff Basillo. we did uh aging gracefully with our friend matt yep this is almost like a companion piece to our other um kind of music theme episode with uh dave alexander yeah yeah that's true episode three i believe that was yeah it sounds about right yeah, so check them all out. They're free. Very cool. Cost you nothing. Yep. And if you don't like it, you get your money back. Yeah. 
All right, see ya. <laughs> Lightning, your touch it. Could-